to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my fiery dancing soul, but unable to tap his feet, and co-host, Alex Dandino. Oh man, you bacon dancing over there? <laughs> Alright guys. <laughs> Leave us a rating and review, please, wherever you find the show. Share us on your socials. Find us on YouTube at The Nerd Alchemist. That's plural with an S at the end. Subscribe. Lots of good content coming uh, to you from this show, our other show, the Long Box Sessions podcast, and uh, some other new projects we're working on. So join us, guys. But this is it. Uh, the penultimate episode of our Shake and Bacon Month. What a way to start the year, by the way. Yeah. But this is what I love about <laughs> our choice today, Footloose is it's actually a collision of two of the most perfect Phil Malcolmus actors, right, with Kay Bake and John Lithgow, who I've been dying to do a John Lithgow uh, month for you, with you, specifically to just talk about Ricochet. <laughs> but, but, uh, just a wildly undervalued actor, John Lithgow. Amazing. Uh, let me preface Footloose. The funny way I always talk about this movie, why it has a special place in my heart, beside the fact that it's fucking kick-ass, uh, and the best of its ilk. This is how my best friend describes the town I grew up in. <laughs> when we were in L.A. and he, someone would be like, where did Griffey grow up? He'd always say, the town from Footloose. <laughs> if that gives you any insight. All right, sure. Alex, walk me through Footloose and why this had to be in our Kevin Bacon month. Do you, well, do you want the broad strokes of what Footloose is about? Sure. Just broad stroke us. There's a, uh, there's a town in the Midwest Definitely. We don't need the theme. What is it make you want to get out of your chair and dance along with the screen? No. Uh, look, it's about it's it's simply about a town that does not dance, and uh, K Bake shows up and shows them all the, the the liberating feeling that you get when you dance. Uh, this is the perfect Kevin Bacon movie. Like it's like this one and Hollow Man to describe Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Just Kevin, throwing out my pick of Tremors is the perfect Kevin Bacon role. Sorry, you're right. My bad. I meant I meant Tremors. Tremors and Tremors and Footloose. Um, and Tremor, just kidding. Every role is a perfect Kevin Bacon role. While Tremor, That's why he's the best. While Tremors showed us the lighthearted, funny action hero side of K Bakes, what Footloose does is shows you that he's the true unifier of all good things in this world. He's the unifier of sting police level hairdos, great, great dance moves, and just a town that needs to loosen up a little bit. And that's what great, Footloose is great, all about. Great dance moves in this movie may never have met paths still. <laughs> but what I like, this is the this is the role where Kevin Bacon sits atop the mountain and judges the fuck of lesser beings. Absolutely. Right? Like <laughs> in most movies it's Kevin Bacon playing an everyman. Yeah. Trying to be one of us when he's clearly better. This is the movie where he shows up as a high school senior and is just like, You fucking rubes and bumpkins will bow at my fucking not tied tie and worship me for the dance god that I am. He comes into this town hot. Yeah hot like not it's incredible like he has a billy madison moment where he pulls up to the school uh blasting bang your heads while dance like he's in Dur dress like he's in duran duran driving a yellow beetle the least metal car of all time oh dude like, kevin the bacon entrance he makes <laughs> k banks in this movie is the most metal you've ever seen him more metal than he was in hollow yeah. man blasting new metal he's so metal yeah. in this movie 
Like he's oh, li- yeah. he's listening to Minute Work. He is uh he's he's wearing You know what's strange? This is almost an exact prequel to Hollow Man now that I think of it. <laughs> he's wearing Hollow Man, he also looks down on the rest of us from on high. He's wearing loose ties to to uh to his Midwest school. He's uh Whoa. he's got his keds on. Like he is not That's why he wasn't afraid of the Pentagon general in Hollow Man. He's like, I already stared down my fiery small town preacher. Bested him easily. <laughs> That's exa- <laughs> if you interpret this movie as the prequel to Hollow Man, Footloose is incredible. Because this basically what that what that is is it takes the Kevin Bacon character from Hollow Man and informs the character where it's like, I've already changed an entire town's mind on something. You think it's going to take me like what less than half a year to get you idiots to agree? Like it's amazing, but I right. Well, it's the same way that Flatliners is essentially a prequel to Tremors. Where it's Kevin Bacon's on the lam for murdering his classmates a bunch. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, there's mountains out here. It's all that climbing equipment. And he is playing the part of a bumpkin. Are we doing right, Are we I'll doing a full K-Bakes universe? Are we doing Are a, we getting uh, the red string out? Are we no, get, maybe we'll do that for fun. I'll do that we're for definitely fun. getting a Bacon verse going. Here is what I love about Footloose, right? Sure. It is essentially, I mean, I would say it's it's this kind of romantic story date night movie, right? But it is so wildly strange. Oh, dude. The decisions they make in this movie are glorious. Oh, it's amazing. They have some of the weirdest scenes in a movie of this ilk I've ever witnessed. (laughs) And then the whole thing is... (laughs) This is what I didn't realize because I was young the last time I saw this. This movie is built on the bedrock of one of the most amazing portrayals of an actual father in a movie that I've ever seen, right? This is a father really going through it. And Lithgow's performance is stunning in this movie. He's amazing. He's really good. Like, it's... Like, I looked back and I was like, there was a real emotional part of Footloose? Like, I had totally forgotten with all the glitter hair flips. That was a great scene. You know what's There in- were great scenes with John Lithgow. You know what's really interesting is, um, the, like, I've, I've, I watched Footloose when I was younger. Uh, the only, I've not watched it since. The only thing I have, the only thing I have really like connected myself to Footloose was uh, Andrea's high school did it for one of their musicals, and I remember rolling my eyes, being like, "That's a terrible idea for a musical." And what's funny is I was watching it in the morning while she was getting ready for work, and it is the first scene with the girl where she's basically playing uh, Wishbone with the cars, and Andrea was like, "What movie are you watching?" And I'm like, "Footloose." She goes. Oh my god! I don't remember any of this. I'm like, it's because you did the musical. Like, this is the movie. <laughs> Too busy, uh, praying for you to get murdered and sing. Yeah, no, we should talk about <laughs> the preacher's daughter. Kevin Bacon comes in hot. The preacher's daughter comes in, and I'm going to cause the mass extinction of dinosaurs. Hot. Uh, so we get out of the sermon where essentially her and her friends are <laughs> babbling amongst themselves in the pews of. Someone's got to fuck that new guy in church. Yeah. Goes out immediately is playing suicidal uh, chicken. She's doing the Chuck Norris commercial, right? Or Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah, yeah. Between two cars <laughs> with the semi. This was the best part of that scene, too, by the way. Is the semi driver sees her coming from, like, miles away. Doesn't stop. And he doesn't hit the brake. He just starts blasting his horn like, I will murder you. This will be the high point of my trucking career. <laughs> but... Uh, but it's so strange. Her role in this movie is crazy. Yeah. Because she essentially has a suicide kink 
Yeah, she's an, it's like she's like I'm gonna almost die and then get it all. She's a legit insane person. <laughs> like, there's like yeah. actually brain chemistry wrong with her. Like <laughs> that first scene. No, they first they try to bring her back it. at the end, right? And you're like, no, you're like once you start with I'm going to get smashed between semis and kill my four friends and this guy that I have sex with. Yeah, you can't bring that back at the end by thanks for letting me dance, Paul. <laughs> it's just it's not enough. It's just, I mean, like she's, she's a monster, honestly, like Kevin Bacon, Kevin Bacon is the least threatening person in this town. That's like really saying something, by the way, like, by the way, what, what I, the other thing too, that I love about this movie is it's the only town in the United States of America where being on the gymnastics team is way more butch than being on the football team. That is a prime example of why I love this movie. They cut to Kevin Bacon and his friend Willard. Just having like a manly bro moment. The thinnest I've ever seen Chris Penn, by the way. Yeah, they actually have just so many weird moments like that. This movie constantly is going. You're like, well, that's not the setting where I thought this would occur. Almost constantly. And I love that about this movie. Yeah, the gymnastics is hilarious. Also, the, uh, hey, my boyfriend wants to fight you tomorrow. And you're like, oh, fuck. Kevin Bacon's going to be throwing hands. And they show up and they're like. Let's track your chicken. chicken. (laughs) I love it, too, because the song is just perfect. It's, uh, I need a hero. And the first lyric is they're trying to fucking, you know, get these tractors up to full speed. I don't know if you've ever driven a tractor. It's an ordeal. Like, I've done it. It, It's it's a lot. (laughs) And you're bouncing everywhere, whatever. Uh, And they just, the first line is, where have all the good men gone? And I was like, not this town. No one in this town is looking great by tractor racing. <laughs> and Kevin Bacon winning on a technicality, right? I was like, what right. a complete undercutting <laughs> of our main character's hero journey. That was the best. He's like, I'm not willing to die for the suicidal preacher's daughter with the kink, uh, but my converse made me a hero. <laughs> this whole movie's predicated on a lie. That's the best Kevin part of the whole movie. This whole thing is predicated on the fact that his converse <laughs> shoelace caught He's like, well, I guess I win by default. Like, that is some amazing writing right there. That is some amazing story beats where, like, we're all just – and, like, you just gloss over it because you're like, well, this town still doesn't allow people dancing or loud music. Like, that's like (laughs) – like, you're so laser-focused on that point that this guy winning a tractor chicken race on a technicality is just, like, nonsense, worthless, completely useless information. It's not nonsense because the movie forces you to look like – Look at this small town guy. Not only whose that, life is actually destroyed by a shoelace. By the way, not only that, he also that guy who lost the ch- chicken race almost died of drowning in the river. Like, legitimately was like could not breathe. Slow, like he had to be pulled out. <laughs> he wasn't gonna die in that fucking runoff ditch. Right now, <laughs> apparently he was. He never learned how to swim. Apparently, <laughs> I mean, the movie also says he should have. Because one of the next thing we see, because this is the thing. The movie's like, he is braver, if not dumber, than Kevin Bacon, right? Which should be the way Bacon is. He should lose that tractor match, right? He doesn't, and Chuck is just sent on this terrible path of, I think he gets one more bang in the woods, right? Yep. We clearly, I hope we do that too. Like, just the, uh, I believe uh, it's uh, his friend Willard is like, I believe the preacher daughter has been kissed a lot. Hard cut into let's pull the pants back on. Just got smashed in the woods. I was like, there's a lot of slut shaming going on with the preacher's daughter. The preacher's daughter, by the way. So And not, then not- we cut to, she's like, oh, I am going to trade up to the tractor winner 
Now my boyfriend's going to beat the shit out of me. My dad's going to smack me. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. I was going to say, not only is the preacher's daughter a legit psychopath, she also gets beat so much in this movie. I'm like, how is this woman not like, how how does this movie not end with like Kevin Bacon screaming about dancing and then like immediately also Child Protective Services walks in like, you're done. And like takes the kid. Like, it's shocking how many well, times this movie gets hit the too, face. the hard part too of the, because uh, they have this great redemptive arc for John Lithgow. He plays it up. But you're like. I also have seen you haul off and smack the fuck out of your daughter. Yeah. For just asking you to not be a prick. While, Di- you know I mean? While like- Diane Weiss just sits there and quietly says, like, <laughs> well, I'm fine with it, but I'm not fine with it. Like, this, like, odd no. stand-up. withering, like, withering condemnation. Like, that's, like, probably my favorite scene in the whole thing is, like, her, like, her, like, <laughs> I've sat by and been a preacher's wife about 20 years. I'm like, man, just leave him. Who gives a shit? Like, what is the problem man, here? You can't be leaving a small-town preacher. Oh, sure you can. Also, had that family not already lost enough for you, Alex? True. Oh, okay. Um, I want to go towards the beginning again because, like, the first time we meet <laughs> – the, the first couple of instances we meet Ren McCormick. Like, I, it, this is, like, this great hallmark of 80s movies is, like, they drop, like, one or two hints about the kind of person you're going to get for the entirety of the movie. <laughs> so the first thing you see is, like, he has a different haircut than everybody in the movie, which I read apparently yeah. was inspired by Sting. Um, yeah. Of course. And then the other thing is they're uh, all drinking like peach tea out on the um, terrace, uh, them and the families, and they bring up Catcher in the Rye. Is it Catcher in the Rye? I think it's Catcher in the Rye. Yeah. Yeah, it's Catcher. No, Slaughterhouse Five. Slaughterhouse Five, that's what it is. Brings up Slaughterhouse Five, and he goes, yeah, it's a classic. And they all like stop like, what? What's a classic? Yeah, Slaughterhouse Five. Yeah, they're like, not in this school, boy. And he's like, in every school. Yeah, in every school. And I was like. Did Kevin Bacon just come in with a Gregory Peck line like yeah. five minutes into Footloose? Well, yeah. So he, yeah, that's what gets us into Footloose is him going like, yeah, at every school. I'm like, man, the, the hair on this kid's peaches. My goodness. Like, yeah. he's just like, he's immediately like just pecking at everyone. Just <laughs> like all from the jump. He just wants to like poke everyone on the side. And then he also doesn't. Then like he goes. And I fight. also love that. Like halfway through the movie, he's like my crusade to defend classic literature. Uh, as these book burnings are just popping off, has to take a backseat to my dancing. <laughs> totally different movie this could have been. <laughs> I absolutely loved, I did love the flour mill scene where he's, well, not just, not the dancing part, but the, um, we'll get to that. But the first flour mill scene where he's like got the quick job at the flour mill and he's just working. So he's just, he's just lifting bags and that girl comes out and she's clearly like the daughter, the preacher's daughter is very aroused, obviously. And that's where she's like, Hey, guess what? You're going to fight my boyfriend. Who's, you know, going to, you know, race tractors with you down by the Creek. And he's like, Oh yeah. And he's just like (laughs) hauling these things. And you can see her. She's just like totally turned on. And you know, the whole scene I'm sitting there. I'm like, the, the entirety of the scene, the guys in the back who are telling him to like get the flower, he they keep yelling at him because he's not getting <laughs> yeah. the flower. And I'm like, that's the most Midwest thing of all is you know you're in the well, Midwest I've also because he's walked that off job. the line. Yeah, I've had that job, and that would never be okay. No, never. They would have walked out there, beat your ass, and embarrassed you in front of that Absolutely. Lady for, like, I'm not doing extra work, you motherfucker. That was the no. best. <laughs> that was my favorite scene of the movie. I'm like, this is obviously a fantasy because I guarantee you every single guy on that line is like, what the fuck is this kid doing? Yeah, the it's so funny. And I think that's part of what I love about this movie is the strange choices. Yeah. Because they start off with like 
they're doing this almost a time to kill. Like the law dogs are coming down on him, right? Like everywhere he goes, they take his tape, they rough, and he has the, the movie has a, another great hallmark, which is let's give them the weirdest family home life. Oh yeah, which is essentially him and his mom live with what feels like his aunt related to his mom and just the douchiest stereotype dad in this house who's constantly just like laying the town line on him it's this living situation in this film wild right it's pretty wonderful to the point where (laughs) so his mom loses the job because the boy may or may not have had a joint all this stuff goes down leads to one of the all-time iconic movie moments kevin bacon's like enough i gotta get out of here he drives his yellow car down to just an abandoned train lot. I think it's abandoned. Flower. Which isn't even it's, it's, abandoned. I, I think it's the it's a it's a flour mill. It's another flour it's mill another, where a train drives it's through. It's another flour where there's mill. an abandoned train cart. No way, that's a train depot. But he goes in and he's like, "Oh, a lot of rusty metal here. Perfect to be Perfect doing to gymnastic be dancing. gymnastics dancing on." <laughs> the the emoting of I'm so mad. If this was a James Dean movie, right? He's going out to have a cigarette and race towards the edge of a cliff. Yeah. Something cinematic. Kevin Bacon's like, I'm going to go out, have one beer, and dance. Me and, Yeah, I'm going to have one beer, and me and my three stunt guys are going to dance through this flour mill. That was a... <laughs> the, the scene where the guy, like, obviously launches off a springboard, and they keep just showing you the exact same cut about yeah. eight times in a row, it felt like. I was like, I know you guys obviously like were really proud of the sh- the shot, the silhouette of him jumping, but you're like, I get it. One one jump is enough. Actually, my favorite my, my favorite enough. was this the guy that they had to do the uh, wire work where he like swings down. I'm like, guys, that's not even gymnastics. That's just stupidity. And also that stunt that also that stunt man has black hair, and I can clearly tell it's not Kevin Bacon. Big problems big problems no because this is not a real abandoned train depot this is the dark heart of a team you and i both know that k banks could have done that himself and that's the thing that bothers me is they wouldn't let him do it probably i think going back and watching it i was shocked at how bad all the dancing was what are you talking it seemed about? like an integral well it's like you go back and watch dirty dancing right which by the way i forgot came out three years after footloose wow uh Probably riding a bit of the Footloose wave, right? Sure, sure. But uh, I went back and I was like, man, the Dancing and Dirty Dancing still holds up. It's like, I get it. It makes sense, right? I went back and watched Footloose and I was like, holy shit, our parents were dorks. <laughs> like, just bad, bad white people dances ever. Like, when uh, they go to that, I'm going to show you what you've been missing. And they drive across the county line oh, and yeah, just go to, to the worst bar. honky-tonk. Yeah. And Willard's like, I can't possibly dance here. And I'm like, are you fucking, fucking if you can't dance dancing, there, <laughs> you're fine. Not even. It's just cowpokes getting weird with it. Hor- yeah. Horrendous dancing. And the fact that Kevin Bacon just walks in and just starts doing like little flippy do's and stuff and taking over the floor. There was a metaphor to this, though, because I, I told Amy we were watching this as a couple. And I was like, I will say this. <laughs> if I could go back in time. I would go back to like sixth grade. It was a big turning point for me socially where I could have danced with the hottest girl in my school. Right. And somehow, despite the fact that in sixth grade, every day I wore dockers, like tasseled dress shoes, turtleneck and a deep cut like sweater over it. Right. Every fucking day. It had like the Dahmer serial killer glasses. Sounds very. I was like, I'm going to dress classy as fuck, but I look like an old man. Right. Sounds very griffy. Yes. Somehow. 
somehow I was able to get her attention, right? And uh, the first dance came. We were all terrified, right? I'd been practicing to like Aqua and the Macarena and Presidents of the United States, all the jams from when I was in that age. And she runs up and she jumps in front of me, literally like spooks me like pumpkin head. And I was like, ah! and she just goes, hey, Josh, would you dance with me? And I stared fate in the fuck. And I was like, this is my chance to socially ascend. I'll be the coolest guy in school if I just dance with this. That's how small the stakes were back then. And I looked her right in her face and said, nope. <laughs> and I fucking left to go shoot hoops in the gym with my shoes off. Like all the other fucking re <laughs> rejects of the dance. And I've always been the guy. Wow. Like when I got older and drank some more, like I could dance a little bit. Like I enjoyed it. But I was always a guy when I was young who would sit on the outside looking in. And I think that's the metaphor for this whole movie is just be the guy that jumps in. You don't have to be a good dancer. Just be wow. the guy that jumps in, right? Well, yeah, Take totally. the dance. Take the fight. And I watched it this time, and I was actually, like, a bit mournful. Like, if only I could have the TARDIS for a day. Wow. And go back and be like, you get out there, and you Macarena, and you're fucking turtleneck Josh Griff. Like, you do it. You do it. I'm going to say <laughs> this. Only K-Banks could unearth such deep, Griffy revelations. I mean. Yeah. It was this weird is... that Footloose like sent me on this dark night of soul. <laughs> I do like, yeah, I like the idea that Footloose is basically Griffey's long day's journey into night. That's that's a great that's a great visual. When you're watching Willard. You're like, this fucking rube is just out here dancing his cojones off, right? Unashamed, like he's willing to take the fight up. And I was jealous of that guy. I was like, that's the point of this movie, right? Is to break down these. These uh, accepted nonsensical things, man. Don't be rigid. Don't believe in whatever. Go out and fucking just be part of the fun of life. Here's the other thing, too. I noticed this, and I I, I had not realized this the first time I had watched <laughs> it, but on this on this viewing, literally no one obeys those rules except for the adults. Like, almost exclusively, only the adults who go to church obey those rules. Everyone else does whatever they want all the time. Uh, I mean, they dance at the Shake Shack at the start, but Lithgow busts their ass. Yeah. And they all look shamed. And right, tormented. but that's the thing, though, is they knew that's the place they could do it. Again, this is like the thing. You is, think they've done this a lot of times before. Right. This is clearly like a pretty like usual thing. Like this isn't like some sort of like, oh, wow, we're sneaking out. Like they always right. go there to listen to like the, the you know, the fresh uh I don't know, uh, the Buggles or whatever. You know? That fucking cook in the back's just like, oh, we jamming again yeah. tonight. Woo! How about that? He's yeah. the town outcast. <laughs> the, cook, the cook is the best part because- Did you notice later, though, at that restaurant, it's amazing. They come back later, and they're dragging the arcade machines out. Like, the arcades are also inspiring boners. There's been too many horny boys at the arcade. Like, we can't- Speaking like, of- They're dragging every bit of fun. Actually, I'd say the person dancing while playing Centipede is way more interesting to me than the fucking cook who's dancing. Because that guy, like, any of those- Oh, no way. The cook is essentially the creepy guy who never left your small town. And is like, hey, I was in high school eight years ago. Uh, you guys want to come get drunk with me at my house? And it's like, no, you are surely on some kind of list that makes that illegal. <laughs> disgusting like why are you trying to hang out with us we're 16 it is gross truly wonderful i but <laughs> i think ren's journey in this movie is very fascinating i think that he because he has literally no like him as a character pretty much no arc by the way like let's be completely yeah. honest he gets a tiny bit of resistance right but the funny thing about bacon in this movie 
is how little he does to ever resolve his own problem. He resolves his problems by these country bumpkins just being like, God, I want to be as cool as him. Yeah, that's the thing. There's a scene when he's about to get roughed up, right? And this giant guy just emerges from the now arcadeless restaurant and chokes three guys by a phone booth. Yeah. Well, Bacon sits on the car and mocks them. Yeah, just makes like fun a of fucking them lordly king. Like, that's like Kevin, like Kevin Bacon's. <laughs> Kevin Bacon's shield in this movie is literally being too cool for his own good. He gets out of every scrape he might possibly get on technicality. He never has any actual stakes for himself, short of tetanus in the mill. He's uh, dancing. That's at. the difference. We, see, that's the thing. The last time we saw this, we were young men. And we saw this as a Kevin Bacon movie, right? As you're older, you realize <laughs> Kevin John Bacon. Movie? Yeah, Kevin Bacon's the tiny bottle of vodka you spike the punch with. We're all glad we're, it's there. It loosens everything up and makes life better, right? That's what Kevin Bacon is in this. They threw a brick through his fucking window and he does not respond with an ass beating. Right? Like, Kevin Bacon <laughs> does not fight back. Kevin Bacon's uh, new love of his life shows up and is like, Hey, my boyfriend Chuck just beat the shit out of me yeah. for saying I liked you. I fought back against him, broke his windshield, and tried. And he just goes, oh, rough day. <laughs> it does nothing. Kevin Bacon just does nothing. That's what I'm saying. Like, but- he, his, his armor in this movie is being cooler than literally everyone in this He's town. a lovable uh, scamp. You're like, he's getting into none. But that's the thing. When you're older, you're like, he's there for John Lithgow, yeah. right? That's what it is. It's his battle of... John Lithgow, who do you love more, Jesus or Kevin Bacon? Ooh, see, and that's and like, by the end of the movie, it's Kevin, Kevin Bacon. Bacon. No, Kevin Bacon beats Jesus worse than Conor McGregor last night. <laughs> when it comes to who John Lithgow loves, true, you know, like, true, it's true. just not even a cut. But Lithgow in this movie, <laughs> to bring it back to the actual movie, I love what Lithgow does in this. Because he's a perfect villain in this movie. Yes. Right? The dads in these movies that play the hard asses, right? In teenage romps of this era, never have as much depth as John Lithgow in this movie. No. I mean, like. I was watching it, and as the end, when he actually starts to confront his firm convictions, as the town looks to him to be the fucking weapon they use to bludgeon every good thing in this town, right? He's one of the only characters I remember taking a step back and going, oh, shit. Like, maybe my entire villain's journey here was wrong. Well, yeah, I mean. And, it, I, and that's the beautiful thing is they do this great job of laying out why he doesn't think he's wrong. Right. I mean, that's what's great about believable. the character in general is it takes, like, the book burning. It takes that kind of, th- it takes that kind of like, level of biblical – it takes that biblical level <laughs> – of ignorance biblical level ignorance which you think he would totally be on board for for him to go oh fuck like i've led these people astray like it's like uh it's like jesus in the it's like jesus when he walks into the church and everyone's like uh you know it's like a farmer's market so yeah again i know well, it's literally it's a biblical plague level smoting yeah. of irony right absolutely where it's like God's just like, irony for you and you. Like, he's Oprah giving out cars and shit, just throwing irony bombs at uh, Lithgow. And it's like, there's nothing wrong with these books. They're just books. They're just ideas. Like, the devil's in you. And his daughter's just looking at him like, you motherfucker. (laughs) Like, 
you actually like she's like remember like eight scenes ago an hour ago <laughs> this movie also felt irishman long this viewing Ooh, let's just yeah. throw that out there Ooh, yeah. i paused it at 38 minutes and i'm like what do we got 10 15 oh god <laughs> yeah a long time i got to 50 Neither here i got to 50 there, and but... thought that too i was like oh it's only probably 90 minutes long and i got to 50 minutes I'm like there's almost another hour of this what else could possibly yeah, like, be explained why don't they just dance just dance in that abandoned warehouse with k bakes yeah it'll be fine but Liskow's sitting there, like, preaching about saving these books. And she's just like, hey, remember two and a half hours ago in movie narrative time when I asked you uh, about classical music? And he just responded, well, people don't get horny for classical tunes. You know what I mean? That was his answer, essentially. I would also. He's like, leave me in peace to write. <laughs> but I this is what I love. It's, a, it's not a turn where it, it feels completely unwarranted, right? Because what they do is, I love, if you look at Lithgow's first and last images in this movie, he's literally pounding on the counter, right? Our world is shit. The sin has infiltrated us. The rock music, blah, blah, blah. Right. This is a man who lost his son, right, in a post-dance, uh, drunk-driving, stupid incident on a one-way bridge. Which, by the way, sue the fucking state. There should be no one-way bridges. What kind of fucking ass-backwards, non-pioneer covered bridge bullshit is that? <laughs> first off, yeah. Kevin, he should have been out there fighting the state, not his own town. Right. Uh, but it makes perfect sense, right? They've lost a fucking ton, right? And a daughter who just wants to be seen by him, but he's just reflecting back on all the mistakes of the son and, like, over-pampering her. So now she has a suicide kink. All this weird shit's happening around him, right? And they just start whittling him away piece by piece so that when the dam breaks for him, it's not just this... Aha, right? My daughter said one mean thing to me, and now I've snapped back. Right. Right? He's. It's a pretty believable amount of work they do. And like you said, the scenes with his wife are just devastating. Because yeah. you know this, too. You could spout all this bullshit, right, to everyone else, right? And she, she has that beautiful line where she's like, you know, I think you're so good. You'll take a congregation so high, they'll have to look down on heaven. Yeah. But when it comes to one-on-one, -on -one, you need work. And it's that kind of shit that only your wife can say to you or your partner where it's just so fucking devastating. Because you're like, here I am, and I can tell everyone else whatever, and I'm this and that, impress them. She knows my bullshit intrinsically. Diane Weiss has like that um, – in this movie, she has that level of um, whoever – I forget who the um, the wife of the – the wife of the main character in Network. Like she has that level of performance oh, yeah. to me. Like – yeah, she's literally in the movie for like 15 minutes of like meaningful time, she, probably less. Yeah. And she fucking knocks it out of the park, man, because like yeah. it's the perfect amount of docile strength that has to counterbalance this Lithgow performance, which is just a hurricane of emotion. And you have to get the person who's going to bring him back down. And you're totally right. Like you live with someone like that. And I live with someone like that, where we can literally go out all the live long day and talk about <laughs> like, like, I fuck with people all day long about like my opinions about Disney movies and like all these other random things. And then I come home. The important fights. We're like Lithgow. We're fighting to save society. Right. And then I come home and I'm talking to Andrea and she goes, you're so full of shit. And I'm like, all right. Yeah, you're right. Like all the time. And you're just like, man, I wish I could argue with that. Yeah, there is no argument because she's right. That's like the whole. But that's like the level of Diane Weist we need in this movie. And it's what's so right. it's what's so beautiful. And that's what's so great about the end, too, is like. They get a little moment. Imagine too. this that. scene, right? Imagine being in this scene where you're at the character. Kevin Bacon's getting railroad. He's quoting scripture. And the whole town's like, fuck this kid dancing in front of God, whatever. Fuck you. 
the devil can quote scripture, you little fucking sting looking bow tie motherfucker. <laughs> you know, you can just hear all these country bumpkins like, this fucking son of a bitch. <laughs> and Lithgow's like got the council in a stranglehold, right? He's right. become this little King Solomon himself, right? Right. And uh, Bacon's making a good plea. He's making his case, right? And that lady just stands up and she's like, how fucking dare you to Kevin Bacon, but whatever, like a church lady would say, the version of that. And Diane Weiss just goes, sit down and goes, I think he has the right to speak. And no one in that room says a goddamn thing. That's even the pastor is like, fuck, she just undressed me and spanked me. Yeah. In front of this whole town. It's pretty rough. I mean, there's awesome. a there is a quiet power to her in this movie. The line that drove it home for me was when they're in bed and he's saying like all this, I got to fight to save the spiritual, whatever. Yeah. It's about the fourth time he said it in the movie. <laughs> and she just looks over and she's like, it's not rock music that makes people sexually irresponsible. He's like, remember when we were young and like we could just look at each other and like, you know, boom, we're rock hard. Right. That's what she was implying. Right. Right. Like, it's not that. It's just what they are. It's what young people are fucking machines driven to fornicate, right? Right. And she's just like, come on, man. All you can do is just try to teach him and hope you did your best. Like, chill out. Yeah. And he looks at her. He's like, I hoped you of all people would at least believe in me. And she fucking, because you thought like, oh, man, he fucking dressed her I was like, oh, I was like, like, what like a oh burn. man, is he about to smack the shit out of her? Because he's very... Right, you're like, I know he likes to hit ladies. Like, don't put he hands... skip that part of the Bible, don't, right? don't put hands on Diane Weiss, sir. <laughs> no, but then she turns... You know, he doesn't have the, the fucking cojones, man. She owns him in this movie. Yeah. And uh, she just goes, I never stopped believing in you. And she never does. The whole movie, nope. she's sitting there suffering this fool. And is like, I still believe someday you'll come back. And at the end, when they just have that small moment where they're watching the fucking dance from afar and he bought the, you know, flower for his daughter. It's all these like little kind of sweet concession moments. But the moment when she just hugs him and they kind of start swaying and she's like, we almost danced and they shared a laugh. I was like, fuck. Yeah, that's such a beautiful married person scene to me. That's my favorite. Because you you can just. Yeah, because there's just so much trauma that people inflict on people they're in relationships with you know especially if you have issues like this and that depression whatever sometimes people are just prickly to be around and the person you lash out at is the one closest to you right i have that experience sometimes yeah where my wife i just see her being like what is wrong with you and i'm like i can't stop myself from being a bad partner right it's it's in me it's part of me i suck i get it and she just looks at me with that like grace that diane we says in this movie where it's just i know there's more to you and like after a bad moment, right, you can both just look at each other and just apologize profusely. And the love is still there as the rock. And to see a character like John Lithgow, the fact that she doesn't lose faith in him after spanking his ass in two or three scenes, shockingly uninvolved in the smacking of the daughter, though. That's a, that's a strike against her in the mom column. Yeah, that's but uh, the fact that even after all this and the dressing him down, she still loves him like that. It's, it's it was a great scene, man. Yeah. And these are scenes that I never noticed when I was younger watching it. It's because you're you're <laughs> a parent now. You're an adult. Like again, like this. Right. When this, I watched it before, my mind was in the barn, glitter heron with bacon. Oh yeah. But this is you like I mean? the thing is the movie. This is why it stands the test of time. This is why K Bakes himself stands the test of time is because it changes with you. That's the beauty of that's the beauty of movies like this and 
movies in general is like the ones that you watch over and over again are the ones that change with you and age with you themselves. Right. You don't realize it's happening, but you change your scope and the movie changes for you as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, Lithgow is just so good. Like the fiery fucking preacher into, oh my God, my own daughter's running around fucking trying to get run over by trains, getting smacked around. Like he's just looking, he's like, I fucking suck as a parent. Yeah. And I think we all have that fear of, we're going to try so hard to protect you. And our kids are young enough to where it's like hyper that. Yeah. You're hyper protective at a young age. But you just realize you're like, there is just a helplessness to being a parent where you're like, fuck. And the fact that this guy who so adamantly believes in something that has no evidence and is a man of faith, right? And has convinced himself through trauma to have this shield of biblical <clears throat> harshness, right? Yeah. Is still able through the love of his wife and daughter to come back. And you don't know that this movie ends well and everything's cool. Like that's kind of the honest answered question of the movie. Like, am I to actually believe that none of those kids are getting fucked up? That Chuck doesn't wake up from being unconscious and run Kevin Bacon over at the end. Like, I'm assuming there's a lot. There's some dead teenager on the road at the end of this movie. I'm assuming right? like Kevin Bacon's getting murdered at the end of this movie. Oh, I assume K Bakes hits the bricks pretty much immediately once the camera stop rolling in this film. Like he does not stick yeah, around. Someone, something really bad's happening, and John Lithgow's gonna start choking his wife and being like, "I told you, I knew it." So I don't believe it's like an all the way. <laughs> it's one of those movies where you're like, "Oh, that's adorable," and then you're like, "Wait, this isn't gonna end well." This, there's it, no way. This town's not healed. This is okay. The town's not healed, but it's a good start. With the power, well, it's like of, the Lithgow power of gives dance. that very impassioned sermon, right? Where it's, you know, we got to, I don't know if I did right, but you know, the town's like, this fucking guy's infected by Satan. This is when it turns into like an X-Files, like, oh, the principal and all the teachers were actually a Satan cult. They just executed John Lithgow, sacrifice style. And it's, <laughs> it feels like a movie, uh, despite its happy and uplifting ending, where things go real wrong. Yeah. Like the fade to black on this movie. It's like this and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, movies like that, where you're like, this feels like a happy ending, but it's not. It's Something real bad. Something horrible happened after the game. Nothing good happens when these credits are over. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Terrible. Nothing. But uh, I don't know, man. I I just think it's it's charming as hell, Kevin Bacon. Right? And the fact that the movie goes between John Lithgow with this really interesting character arc for a villain, and then Kevin Bacon just, through sheer force of charm, doing absolutely nothing of value for the whole movie. That's an impressive feat. It's pretty good. It's there is almost no narrative value to Kevin Bacon in this film, um, right? No, if, I mean, if I, you sent this, if you sent this script into a screenwriting analyst, right? The first thing they would say is lose Kevin Bacon and make the daughter, the one who wants the dance, right? Right. Make the daughter, the Kevin Bacon character. And they just were like, I think this bacon kid's got something, right? <laughs> like, we're right. just going to – like the scene where they're having their heart-to-heart -heart about the city council, and they're like, put men's butts in the background, you know? And they're like, don't worry. Kevin Bacon will carry us through this odd decision. <laughs> and he just does. He just fucking does. Yeah. It's – I mean, yeah. I mean, that's the power of Kevin Bacon, man. Let's. This movie truly exercises – the true power of K-Bakes, which is you can literally put him in a movie, give him absolutely no narrative value, and he will still be everyone's favorite character in the movie until you're an adult and you realize right. John Lithgow is the best character. 
He's overwhelmingly talented and charming. And then he gets the one scene where he monologues about his dad and why he wants this fight. Yeah. And you're like, oh, there's something more. This was the movie to me where Kevin Bacon throws the flag down and he's like, hey, man, I am the new leading man, every man in this world. This is my shit. And that's when he took the leap to all these other movies that we fucking adore. Right. This was the planting the flag where he just, with I would argue one of his weakest <laughs> roles of all time, maybe his most memorable to most movie fans. Truth. If you ask most people to think of Kevin Bacon movies, it's probably that him dancing in Footloose. Like that's probably a vast majority of people. That's how they'll remember him. Yeah, I would agree with that. Right. Not in, not in Visadong, not Tremors. Him dancing with the glitter, him dancing in the fucking train depot. That's how they remember the poster for Footloose. That's Kevin Bacon. Totally. It's impressive. All right. That's it for Footloose, guys. Thanks for traveling uh, down my history into my hometown with us for Footloose. Guys, wherever you are, that's what I would leave you with. Take the dance. Get off the wall and take the dance. That's what this movie teaches us. Uh, as always, leave us a rating and review. Find us on all the social medias. Follow and subscribe on YouTube at The Nerd Alchemist. That's plural with an S at the end. One more Kevin Bacon joint. Cop Car coming up next week. Still rolling out some of our Oscar coverage. And next month, our uh, month of Amour specialty. Uh, I would do anything for love, parentheses, but I won't do that. Flaw tragically flawed romantic tales. That's what we're doing for February. Uh, we got some good ones already picked out. I'm excited for that. Uh, so we can't wait to share more stuff with you guys. Hope you're loving it and following along. Uh, for the film alchemist, I'm Josh Griffey. I'm Alex Dandino.